Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I get all into Monday Night Raw, especially the main event to face Drew McIntyre at Night of Champions, Keith Lee, Seth Rollins, and Randy Orton. We get into all that and what it means for the main event of Night of Champions. Also, we get into Brock Lesnar. All reports are telling us that his contract with WWE has ended. What's the next step for Brock? We discuss and also we talk to your AEW world champion, John Moxley, just days before his big match against MJF at All Out. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Bully, let's get into Monday Night Raw from last night and the buildup and then the main event. Again, the triple threat to see who's going to face Drew McIntyre at Night of Champions. Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, and Keith Lee. And I thought a great job to get there. I mean... First of all, you and Mark did a really good job of breaking down Keith Lee's performance against Randy Orton. Ultimately, I think you knew, Bully, it was going to come to Randy Orton winning and Randy Orton facing Drew McIntyre because that's the story. That's where it should go. But getting Keith Lee over in the process, I thought a wonderful job last night and a, a damn good main event. But as, as I said... Ultimately, you knew it was going to turn out to be Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. If you looked at the three matches that were set up um, going into uh, the main event last night, I think the only one that you were scratching your head even a little bit was Randy Orton versus Kevin Owens. That's the That was the, the one that wasn't so obvious because obviously Seth and Dominic, Dominic's not going to be moving on uh, to the finals for a WWE championship match. Uh, with Keith Lee and Ziggler, Ziggler is put there f- for the sole purpose of making Keith Lee look great, and Dolph Ziggler can make a broomstick look great. B- Dolph Ziggler could make an invisible broomstick look great. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got the finals that were were predicted, and it, the right guy went over in the right way. Um, I'm not quite sure if that match did anything for Keith Lee. Uh, towards the end, um, I wasn't sure if Keith Lee got banged up a little bit or he looked a little slower or maybe not in the right position. It just didn't look like a, it didn't look like a Keith Lee got over and Randy Orton went over. I mean, I know that Randy got the win <clears throat> off of a spirit bomb. That that's good because they can always go back and say that Keith Lee's move is what Randy won with which is a great receipt for Randy on Keith. But do you think Keith Lee got over in that last match? 
not in the last match. And he got over at, at payback on Sunday. Like to me, that was a great job by the WWE because you're getting Randy and Drew, but in the process, they got Keith Lee over in a big, big way. They're going to go back to that match for years and years when it comes to Keith Lee. So I think he's kind of like a made man just in the fact that he beat Randy Orton on Sunday. And again, he, him not getting pinned for Randy to move on in that match at Night of Champions. So I think Keith Lee is intact after winning that match this past Sunday by not being the one who got pinned last night. Uh, I, I totally agree that he, he's intact and he did not take the pin last night. I just would have liked to have seen more of a step forward for him last night. And I, a step forward does not mean a win. I would have liked to have seen him stand in a little bit more tall at the end or um, uh, shining a little bit better. I don't think Keith really shined that much last night, especially in the second half of the match. After that belly to back on the announce table, uh, Keith looked a little bit out of it. Now, he could have been selling his ass off, but I'm not quite sure what he was selling so much. I mean, I know you got belly to back on the announce table. The table didn't break. It's not like you took some really crazy bump, and we're always talking about selling appropriately on the show. Um, Keith Lee's a big guy. He can withstand some punishment. He seemed to be down for a long time. He seemed to be dead weight for a long time. I don't know if he got his... Bell rung a little bit. I don't know if he was a little blown. I have no idea. But the the back half of the match did not look as strong as the front half of the match for Keith Lee. Nevertheless, uh, we know that they have big plans in store for Keith moving forward. Yeah, else they wouldn't have had him beat Randy Orton this past Sunday. So I'm really looking forward to what's next uh, for Keith Lee, because Bully, as you always say, it's what's next. What, what What's the follow-up? So we're going to see what the follow-up is for Keith Lee. And then, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, Drew McIntyre getting punted in the head the three times. You know, is he going to be able to answer the call for Night of Champions? They say, hey, every title has to be defended at Night of Champions. So, you know... I, I hope we see Drew McIntyre for Night of Champions. I hope this match comes off with Randy Orton because that's where the story lies. And again, Randy Orton's Teflon. He could take that loss from Keith Lee and shake it off like it means absolutely nothing and move on. And I, and I don't think you're ever going to remember that loss when it comes to Randy, but you'll remember that win for Keith Lee forever. And thank God Drew McIntyre is okay. I mean, they went from ble potential bleeding on the brain and <laughs> no. a fractured skull to a hairline uh, fracture of the jaw. Three punts to the head. Thank God. Thoughts and prayers to, to, to Drew McIntyre. God bless. Oh, well, that, well, that first doctor must have been just the ultimate quack when he's like talking about, you know, bleeding on the brain and a fracture. And then it's a hairline fracture in the jaw. It's I mean, come on now. This is what happens when you go to a medical facility and not a full blown hospital. Listen, I know in the case of emergency, you want to get to the, the, the most local medical facility that there is. But, you know, you got you got to try. You know, you don't go to a dock in the box. It's the WWE. You don't go to the 24 hour dock in the box. I think you can drive the extra mile and go to a actual hospital than one of those quick fixes. <laughs> I, I think they took him to the doctor in Cannonball Run. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, that is that. <laughs> the martini in his hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. uh, I, yeah, I think that was probably the wrong place to go. But, you know, there's always some questionable places in Orlando. But I will say this, though. We're getting the match that we want to see. And I'm interested to see where Keith Lee goes. And even Seth Rollins. I think this is the most relevant Seth Rollins has been since the whole Monday Night Messiah character. I love this story now with Dominic and Rey Mysterio. And and again, another great effort from Dominic, man. I mean, when it comes to like you mentioned the stories leading into that match, you know, Randy Orton, you know, talking to Aleister Black in the dressing room, the attack of Aleister Black on Kevin Owens. Now, I know a lot of people are questioning why is Aleister Black going after Kevin Owens? I mean, you know, Kevin Owens had nothing to do with the blinding of his eye. Why is it Kevin Owens he's going after? I understand the question, but I'm glad that Aleister Black is being used in that way and that he's a badass. And this is the angry Aleister Black that we fell in love with in NXT. And now we're seeing it on Monday Night Raw and typical Randy Orton, Viper, you know, snake like faction, you know, getting somebody else involved to do his dirty work for him. So I think that's a great story. And then Seth and Dominic, Dominic has really shown that, you know, he has earned the respect of the family name and the fans. And, and I think he's just done a phenomenal job over the last couple of weeks. We got to give real credit where real credit is due also. And yes, uh, as me and Mark spoke about yesterday, Dominic is doing a very good job. He's young. He's obviously been around his dad and wrestling all his life. He's going in there and he's doing a good job. But you really got to pat Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins on the back because you want to talk about two guys that are leading Dominic and getting him through and putting themselves in the right positions and putting Dominic in the right positions. They are really, really doing a phenomenal job of getting Dominic over, especially Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy is positioning himself and Dominic in perfect scenarios so Dominic uh, can succeed. Um I might be, uh, you know, Dominic lost last night, as Dominic should have. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw a lot of the family last night, the mom and the sister. I almost thought for a second there that after the second curb stomp, as we saw Seth walking up the, uh, you know, walking uh, to the back, I thought maybe he would have crossed paths with the wife and the wife was going to smack Seth in the face, which would have, you know, given us another layer to their story. But who knows? We'll see where they go. So far, so good with Dominic, Seth, Buddy, and Ray. We talked to the stars of the NFL on the 2020 Training Camp Tour. The newest Tampa Bay Buccaneer, the starting quarterback, Tom Brady. So what has your relationship with Bruce Arians been so far? It's been fun getting to know him, working with him. I'd say he's a very hard-nosed coach. No one's entitled to anything. Everyone's working their tail off. He has high expectations for what we're doing. He wants everyone to go out there and work hard and lay it out on the field. And he's helped me quite a bit here in this transition. Hear these interviews anytime on the SiriusXM app. Brock Lesnar, as of right now, is a free agent. The cash cow is out of the barn and free to roam. What do you think about that? Well, I threw it out there just for shits and giggles, bully. Knowing what we know from, from Mike Johnson. And Mike Johnson is definitely very reputable. I mean, he's somebody who's been doing it for a long time. Um, he's not usually wrong when it comes to stories like this. I don't think Mike would print anything like that if he didn't know it was 100% true. Agreed. Um, 
I threw out, would we ever see Brock Lesnar in an AEW ring? And interesting comments from my post from last night, Bully, because one of the things that people were saying is that AEW, no way AEW can afford somebody like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> like that's ridiculous when you when you when you read those things. And I it wasn't just one. I would say the majority of some of the comments I saw were they cannot afford it. Tony Khan and the Khan family, if they really wanted Brock Lesnar, could afford Brock Lesnar. With the swipe of a check. Just like that. Boom. Done. See you. Bye. Brock, pack your bags. Move in. Of course they could afford it. That's one of those opportunities that comes up where, yeah, let's just say uh, that AEW is really trying to stick to their budget, especially with things going on right now with COVID making more, things more different. We've seen a couple of very quiet releases from the company, people that they were still paying but could not perform for whatever reason. So save on the bottom line. So let's say their budget is extremely tight. How many opportunities are you going to have to take a crack at Brock Lesnar? Uh, this this is like once in a lifetime type of opportunity for AEW. So what do you think you're going to go? You're going to go up to Brock Lesnar and go, hey, Brock, you know, we would love to have you here. You know, things are a little tight right now with COVID and everything like that. But, man, it'd be so great to have you on TNT. We really, you know, we'll, we'll push you to the moon. We'll put the strap on you, kid. You know, Brock's not listening to anything like that. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar, dollar bill, y'all. That's it. So do do the cons have that kind of money? Absolutely. You know, if Tony Khan, you know, looks at his own budget, and, and, and I don't I don't know if there's checks and balances in AEW. Maybe, maybe dad still oversees all of the money that goes in and out of AEW. And now Tony, like Tony had to sell his dad on AEW. Tony has said that, right? Yes. So Tony would have to possibly, I I don't know, maybe sell his dad on Brock, but you're talking about one of the biggest stars on the planet. Brock Lesnar shows up on AEW. First of all, that is a, that's not a crack in the wall. That's like the, the the wall practically crumbling down, okay? That is a major, major hit to the WWE and Vince McMahon's pride. Huge. So, I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if a phone call was made already. If the olive branch has been uh, extended, if the, hey, we'd love to talk to you if you'd like to talk to us. It would be foolish on AEW's part not to at least reach out. Well, a couple of things. First of all, I don't think Wu-Tang Clan ever sounded as lame as it did a couple of minutes ago. Um, just looking at Gabby's reaction from when we were singing, I think I think we know the answer to that. Cash rules everything uh, uh, around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. How's that? Was that better? Huh? No, yes, it was. Gabby, Gabby says no. Um, nothing. She don't. Uh, <laughs> she ain't down with the woo. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> got a little bit of tang. A little bit of tang. I, Remember tang? I, I, I wasn't allowed to have tang. I wasn't allowed to drink tang when I was a kid. Wasn't Ooh, allowed religious? in the house. No, because it was like shit. Tang was like shit orange juice. So I wasn't allowed to have tang. But anyway, all right, back to Brock. So back to Brock. Um, 
like when it comes to Brock, once in a lifetime opportunity, you're never going to get Brock this situation as hot as he is right now in this moment. Now, when it comes to financials, you're right, bully. We don't know the financials as far as a budget. Hey, if they're sticking to a budget and this is our budget and this, I, you really can't go over this, then Brock Lesnar is not going to be coming to AEW. Um, I would think that with Brock, and you would know this better than me, Bully, just judging from Brock Lesnar, does he have that loyal? Is there the loyalty factor where he's like, hey, listen, the WWE created me. I got this name because of the WWE. Uh, they've treated me good. Uh, I'm, I'm not interested in going anywhere else. Now, I know that there was a lot of issues and problems with, you know, 15 years ago, Brock Lesnar. But like right now, could you see Brock Lesnar saying something along those lines? If there was a loyalty to the WWE, um, I would not know about it. I'm not friends with Brock on that level where I could tell you, oh, yeah, Dave, there's a loyalty. I think Brock has a loyalty to his relationship with Paul and how well they were able to do together. Uh, If I'm Brock Lesnar right now, I'm listening to anybody and everybody's offer, whether that's AEW, whether that's Bellator, whether that's the UFC, whether that's New Japan. Hell, listen, remember who owns Ring of Honor? Sinclair Broadcasting. And they have a gazillion dollars in the bank. So anybody who can make a play for you know for for Brock you know what let's not leave impact out of this too i'm sure they got some money you know uh squirreled away um i'd listen to everybody's offer well i would think listen i'm i'm sure they would now ring of honor impact like we've talked about ring of honor and sinclair um a lot and you know sinclair there's rumors that sinclair is going to be more involved with ring of honor we've heard that before so i would think that when it comes to the world of wrestling bully and no no offense to impact because i do think impact is definitely a player in the game i don't know if they're a player in this game i would probably leave it to and listen i would leave it to wwe aew i would even throw in new japan brock has a history in new japan brock's a former iwgp heavyweight champion so i would and throw them out of the equation. He went to New Japan after leaving the WWE. But so I would not throw them out. But I would say for AEW, if they were going to make a play, now is the time to make a play. And maybe they learned some lessons too, Bully, because you hear a lot of rumors about when Punk was available that Punk wanted to listen. He didn't like the way that they did things or the way that they presented things. I'm I, I wonder if Brock is. I'm sure AEW is making some phone calls today about Brock Lesnar. I'm sure Brock is not getting texts from Cody or the Bucks saying, hey, be great to have you over here if you wanted to show up. No. I'm sure he's getting a phone call from Tony Khan. Yes. Um, And then, you know, listen to everything that's on the table. Plus, plus Brock wants to do what Brock wants to do. Hey, he might have a bug up his ass and might want to go fight again. You never know. Brock's one of those guys that loves to fight, that real competition. He enjoys it. Now, maybe he's over it and been there and done that. Great thing about Brock right now is he can sit back, hang out on his farm, enjoy time with his wife and family and children, you know, raise his children. Uh, Eventually, I'm sure that we will see him back in a WWE ring. The table is set for Babyface Beast. 
I mean, it's there. It's right there. It can work. Me and Mark talked about it yesterday. We released some audio on uh, the Busted Open uh, Twitter machine about it. So many opportunities. Full, full blown Brock, Brock baby face. So Brock comes back as yes. a baby face, and Brock and Paul turn on Roman. Or, man, so many options with these mega, mega stars that will most likely lead into the Rumble and WrestleMania. All right. So let me just throw out three different scenarios that are probably the most likely when it comes to Brock Lesnar. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bull, if you have another opinion. The world of MMA, you know, I know Bellator has already said they're they're aggressively going after Brock Lesnar, and you know Dana White and 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 Brock have a friendship, so I think the and you said he loves that credible you know shoot fighting you know of the MMA world. So uh, you have the world of MMA, um, AEW, and again, listen, bully. When it comes to AEW, maybe that AEW fan base doesn't want. Brock Lesnar. Now, I'm sure as a businessman, you probably want to take your company to the next level. You're looking at growing your fan base and not just catering to the fan base that you have now. But I, I would think that probably the AEW fan base probably doesn't want Brock there. Again, the fans will be able to tell me that. But as a businessman, as the Khan family, you're probably looking past just your hardcore fan base, correct? You have to look past your hardcore fan base on that. That's your hardcore fan base. They're not going to go anywhere. There is, there's also a built, there's two built-in stories for Brock Lesnar at AEW. Very real life stories that you could tell in the ring. Do you know what they are? Well, Jericho being one. There's definitely yep. there was there's definitely tension and there's a history behind the scenes with Chris Jericho for sure. Absolutely. The incident where uh, where Brock busted Randy open with with the, the tip of his elbow and Jericho got in Brock's face at the gorilla position. And those guys almost came to blows. So that very real life situation spilling over into an AEW ring with some storytelling. Uh, I'm in. I want to see what happens. There's also another one out there. And the guy that would be in the ring with Brock is going to be on our show in just about 45 minutes at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Because Moxley and Lesnar went at it at WrestleMania, and Brock just beat the shit out of Moxley. Yep. Threw him around, did anything he wanted with him. And there was, you know, I think Brock felt like um, Mox was lazy. I think he went on record to say that. Um, I, I don't think that they had the chemistry that that match needed. So that could spill over uh, into AEW. So there's things there to do right off the bat. And, you know, I, I also think there's some custom-made opponent, opponents in AEW. You know, I would love to see Lance Archer in the ring with Brock Lesnar. I would love to see Brian Cage in the ring with Brock Lesnar. I completely disagree. You wouldn't want to see Cage and Lesnar? No. Why? Brian Cage, because it's just, Brian Cage is not at Brock Lesnar's level. Athletically, you don't think that that would be something that would be good, you know, between I, the I ropes? I say athletically. I'm saying in, in, in the scheme of being a megastar. Oh, well, you no, know, of course not. In, in, in that regard. And, and Brock's not going into a match going, all right, well, you know, I'm going to help get this kid over or anything like that. You have to be handpicked by Brock in order for Brock to pick you over. Like he handpicked Drew. Or the thing that he wanted to do for Keith Lee. He's got to really see something in you. Brock is old school, all business. 
He has to know that if he does something for you, it's going to mean the world and not only help you, going to help the company moving forward, i.e. Claymore and getting eliminated from the Rumble and setting that entire match up for Drew. Brock Lesnar set up the entire front half of the Royal Rumble for Drew McIntyre, not for Brock Lesnar, for Drew McIntyre, so that when Drew McIntyre came down and hit that freaking Claymore, and Brock took that Claymore better than anybody has ever taken the Claymore, and Brock got eliminated from that match, watch that hard camera shot. Watch 40,000 people go ape shit. That is the brilliance of Brock. And then, obviously, carrying it over to WrestleMania, that moment should have been a lot bigger. COVID, blah, blah, blah. I don't think Brian Cage fits that. Now, will Brian Cage fit that maybe years down the line? Hopefully, but not right now. Every moment. LeBron backwards to KCP, right back to LeBron. Bounce pass Anthony Davis, slam dunk. A perfect pass from LeBron to AD. Every series. LeBron has, has reserved that mindset that he's not going to win a title if Anthony Davis is not playing at a high level. We're talking about Lakers, Trailblazers, and all the 2020 NBA playoff series every morning on Sirius XM NBA Radio, Sirius 207, XM 86, and however you stream in the house. Don't ever say you don't want to see Brock Lesnar uh, around again. And maybe in 20 years when you make it, you'll remember this day and understand what I'm talking about. If you're going to enter the world of pro wrestling, you better learn the world of pro wrestling the right way. And whoever's training Everything. you should train you the right way. You don't say things like that. Because you know what can happen in the world of pro wrestling? Tomorrow, you could have a job with a company. Because weirder things have happened. And by next week, you might be in a, in a ring with Brock Lesnar. Now what? Do you still not want Brock Lesnar around? Oh, I absolutely where you're, see where you're coming from. My fear would be it would overshadow some of the other talent that is trying to make their name, their AEW. That's the only fear that I would have. Everybody gets um, overshadowed by somebody else in the wrestling business. It's about your ability to draw. This is the entertainment business. It's about money, money, money. AEW is about money. The WWE is about money. New Japan, it's about money. It's business, just like every other business. And if somehow, some way, a company like AEW can grab a megastar, Maybe the biggest wrestling star on the planet when it, be, when it comes to drawing potential, that's good for their business. You think, you, you think a main event of Chris Jericho versus Brock Lesnar that could possibly sell out, uh, I, I don't know, in uh, 20,000, 30,000 seats, you think anybody's going to care about overshadowing a talent when you can do that kind of business? LaGreca, am I talking out of my ass or do I sound no, like... Uh, well, I, and, and here's the thing, Wes. And Wes, I'm, you know, I understand where you're coming from because... Those were the types of tweets that I saw last night when I mentioned about Brock in an AEW ring. So Wes is really talking about uh, what the hardcore AEW fan is thinking. Now, Bully, what you're saying right now goes back to what you talked about at the beginning of the show when it came to Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is your WWE champion. Drew McIntyre won at the main event at WrestleMania 36. Drew McIntyre has held that title, and he's going to enter Night of Champions as your champion. Drew McIntyre's rise 
would not have happened if it didn't if didn't have that moment at the Royal Rumble and if it wasn't for Brock Lesnar. So you could really attach Drew McIntyre's rise to champion and thank Brock Lesnar because he mentioned that Claymore. And Wes, thank you so much for the phone call and good luck with everything in your training. But you could go back to that moment where Drew hit Brock Lesnar with that Claymore. And like you said, sold it better than anybody had ever sold it or anybody ever will sell it. There will never be a Claymore moment like the moment that you saw with Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. Because like you said, 40,000 fans stood on their feet and went apeshit. That moment to me took Drew McIntyre to another level. That Brock Lesnar could take fill in the blank in AEW to that next level. Case in point, Chris Jericho. We heard, Bully, when AEW started, do you really need to put the championship on, on Chris Jericho? A lot of those fans wanted Hangman Page to be the champion, and a lot of fans were upset that Chris Jericho beat Hangman Page for that title. How did that work out? How did that well, work I, out? I, I think it worked out pretty good for them. It really, really did. Now, short-sightedness, I get it. Hey, we got a great roster here. We're fine. And listen, ultimately, AEW might not get Brock Lesnar, and they'll be fine. Did, did Chris Jericho overshadow Hangman Page? No. He got made him took- to the next level. He made him a main eventer. Look what he's doing with Orange Cassidy right now. And I know it's a little bit different, but look it. Orange Cassidy was a gimmick, but that turned out to be a main event match between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho was able to do it. And look, by the way, is anybody bitching and moaning about Chris Jericho being an AEW? Chris Jericho's money on commentary. He's money in the ring. And he's, and he's a name that attracted an audience. Let me tell you something. Brock Lesnar could do the same thing and maybe bring in even more fans. And listen, I love Chris Jericho. Brock Lesnar going to AEW would be an even bigger blow to the WWE than Chris Jericho. Why? Because Chris Jericho, and I think he was being used the wrong way in the WWE. He was, you know, the second and third match at a WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar, year after year, is the main event at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar beat Undertaker's undefeated streak. If you think that's not going to be a blow to the WWE and that is not going to bring AEW to another level, I'm sorry, you're crazy. And you got, like, blinders on if you think that, that Brock Lesnar isn't going to do a lot for AEW. I'm sorry. It's the truth. Brock Lesnar, much like Chris Jericho and a handful of other names uh, out there right now, work in any wrestling company in the world because they're huge names. That's why Tony Khan went after Jericho. Yes, he was a fan of Jericho when he was a kid, but he knew. Listen, if Chris Jericho wasn't the Chris Jericho that we know right now and wasn't as over as he is, despite the fact whether Tony Khan would have been a fan or not, Tony probably wouldn't have went after him so vigorously. Tony knew that bringing in a guy like Chris Jericho is going to do a world of good. And the overshadowing is, it, it, that point is moot. Because of Jericho's ability to work with an Orange Cassidy or any other younger guy that he has worked with who has gotten over 
in the midst of Jericho going over. Orange Cassidy stands in a ring and goes face-to-face with Chris Jericho. All of a sudden, instantaneously, his stock rises. You don't think that happens with anybody who stands in the ring with Brock Lesnar? Hell, if Chris Jericho stands in the ring with Brock Lesnar, both of their stocks rise. I agree. And and listen, we could have this conversation and I'm going to get to the nation, but we, you know, bully, you and I love to bring it back to the world of music. It reminds me of Metallica. Listen, their first four albums are classics. I love the first four Metallica albums. They're, they're amazing. Then they made the Black Album, and every, all the, the, the Metallica fan base was in a tizzy. Oh, my God, they sold out. Oh my, oh, my God, this is terrible. How can they do this? You know what? They went from being a band that was, you know, a master of puppets, an opening band in arenas, and then with Injustice for All, they went on an arena, then they went on an arena run to being, to, they were doing stadiums, man. And they sold tens of millions of records. Listen, if it wasn't for the Black Album, would we be talking about the Metallica that we're talking about today? And I'm talking about a Hall of Fame band that is, without a doubt, in a lot of people's eyes, one of the greatest, not only metal bands, greatest rock bands of all time. That doesn't happen without the Black Album. I'm sorry. And you know what? AEW, I get it. They have a good indie feel. I'm sorry. They're on TNT Live every single Wednesday night. They're competing now with NXT. I'm sure AEW loves beating NXT in the ratings. But wouldn't you like to see them compete with a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown? Don't you want to see, if you're a fan of AEW, don't you want to see them kick it in gear and get to that next level? Right now, they're beating the third brand. Wouldn't you like them to compete with the second or maybe even the first brand? Hell, WCW was able to do it. Everybody says that's impossible. It can't happen. WCW did it. WCW went from being at the absolute bottom and for 83 weeks beat the monster that was the WWF. Who knows? Maybe years from now, we're talking about that with AEW. It starts with getting a Jericho. It starts with getting a Brock Lesnar when you get to that level, Bully. And watch this. Would you ever put AEW on Monday nights head-to-head with the WWE right now? No. If you had Brock Lesnar, would you be open to the conversation? That might be a conversation I could have. And at least it's a conversation, because when you have a heavy hitter like that, you can take on the big names like the WWE, or the big name, not names. When it's time to go to the track. To the track. Yeah. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio's got you covered. Here we go. Tune in to Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Or listen on the phone when you get out of the car with the Sirius XM app. We're back on the track. Saturday. At 6 p.m. Eastern. With NASCAR Cup Series Racing. Everything's happening so fast. It's the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Live from Daytona International Speedway. On Sirius XM. On Sirius, Sirius XM. NASCAR Radio. Channel 90. Very, very, very well done. <laughs> so pleased to have our next guest on he's got a huge match the main event coming up this weekend september 5th all out on pay-per-view and bully we were just talking about what the last 10 months have been for aew well think about what the last few months have been for this man and he joins us now your aew world champion the one and only john moxley john how are you this morning 
I'm just chilling, man. Out here in uh, Jacksonville Beach, just hanging out for a couple weeks while we do all the uh, pay-per-views and TVs and everything. Well, I would think for you, this is kind of like the calm before the storm because coming up on AEW Dynamite and then coming up what's taking place on this weekend, September 5th, all out, getting your hands on MJF, you get a little appetizer, you know, tomorrow night on Dynamite. I know you're going to enjoy what's going to take place there, but ultimately what's going to happen in this main event with MJF. Yeah, we got the last final uh, go home dynamite for uh all the matches that are going to be taking place for pay-per-view the, this weekend and like we always do always deliver big on pay-per-view and it'll be an awesome show from from top to bottom like it always is and uh pretty uh excited about you know going in uh with a ton of fence with a full full uh time to build it up and it's a true number one contender uh, and it's been built up properly you know the last pay-per-view was kind of a the pandemic threw everything into disarray and we just uh i wrestled Brody lee and i love that match and i love him i love everything about that match but it was like a thrown together three-week angle and this is like the full true guy who's been built up and climbed up the ranks and you know we have rankings for a reason and everything and he's the uh true number one contender so it's a uh classic uh uh Styles clash of personalities in a, in a good way, and then, you know it's classic pro wrestling, and I'm pretty excited about it. Mox with dynamite running unopposed uh, this Wednesday night, and having the night to yourself. Uh, are you are, are you focused in on this rating? Does locker room notice it? Are you gunning for that one million viewer mark and getting back over that seven that that seven digits? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't stress about it. You know, people give me high fives or whatever when I came into the building, like, Oh, we whooped their ass last night. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, but, uh, I'm just focused on, uh, you know, the people that are watching and making sure that, uh, we do a really good job for them. And, uh, hopefully we just keep growing and growing, you know, it's nothing to stress about on a week by week, week by week basis. That's, uh, somebody else's job, not mine. And I kind of, John, talking to you now, we, we talked to you just a few weeks ago and, you know, you, you mentioned yeah, you the, the yes, <laughs> we do, we do, a, John, Mandy with AEW does a tremendous job and John, you are the uh, AEW world champion. So you are what, what we would call an A-list guest. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, like you mentioned the word stress, it's got to be cool for you to be in an environment that is stress-free where, you know what, you don't have to worry about it. You come into work, you do what you do best, and AEW is that type of environment for you. It's one thing being the champion. It's one thing being in the main event, but it's got to be pretty cool to say, you know what, my life right now is stress-free. Yeah, because I, I just get to do... You know, as I said before, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I get to do what I like to do, and I and I get to do it for a living. So I don't have to worry about, you know, working my other job to pay my bills or whatever. I get to, uh, I'm blessed enough to make a living at this, and uh, I think I'm pretty decent at it. So it's pretty, uh, pretty good life. John, were you happy to see Renee take her bat and ball and kind of go home? And is there any chance we ever see you guys working side by side again in the near future? 
Uh, anything could happen, really. Uh, yeah, I was pretty excited for. Uh, there was no like. Uh, I mean, I won't. I'll kind of let her. She's just kind of decompressing right now. Just you know, she just came out with me because she could just come out here to uh, Jacksonville. It's just easier to with the pay per view and stuff. It's easier than going back and forth and back and yeah. forth for a couple of weeks with the pay per view. So I just brought my whole situation out here and the dogs and everything. We're just got a little spot here right by the beach. So she's just chilling on the beach, reading a book, just uh, relaxing right now. So that's uh, going to be good for her uh, kind of headspace to figure out where she wants to, to go next. I was pretty excited for her just because, you know, it's funny because uh, time just, time flies by so fast in WWE. Just, I don't know if it's because the schedule or just because it's just nonstop going, oh, it's like, it feels like it was just yesterday that we just met. And I was like, she'd been there eight years. Wow. It's like, time just flies, you know? So, I mean, she just was like, it's time to do something new, try something new. Uh, I assume that, uh, you know, like, I'll let her tell her more of her story once she kind of decompresses a little bit. But I, I assume... All right, cool. Put her on the phone. <sighs> She's on the beach. Read it. I think it's me just put up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I expect her to probably always because she has such a strong wrestling-related fan base and she so has such a strong connection to wrestling, I expected to probably always have some kind of foot dipped in the water of wrestling. If that makes any sense, you know, whether yeah. it's, I don't, because she has so many other uh, things that she's good at and into as far as, you know, I mean, NHL and cooking and fashion and all this stuff. So I, I expect her to probably end up, and she, to be perfectly honest with you, she's got, like her agent called and he was like, my phone will not stop ringing. Like she's already got people willing to give her like the keys to the castle kind of thing. But I don't even know if she's going to do any of that. I mean, she just might do her own thing and create her own thing. So I, you know, it's, I don't care what she wants to do. She could go uh, back to school and be a veterinarian for all I care as long as she's happy. So uh, I'm pretty excited for her. That's pretty I cool. Got, it's good. I kind of got some of that energy because she's got kind of some of that energy right now where she's just like, real excited and like anything can happen and like the whole world's your oyster. And I'm like, yeah, like that's a great feeling. So I'm pretty, I'm kind of feeding off of it. Like I'm hyped up. So that's awesome. Well, because that's the love of your life, man. And she's happy and she's got options. So that's a great place to, to be in. And, uh, we wish her all the best. And I'm sure she's going to find something that truly makes her happy. And, you know, John, I want to get back into what's going to be taking place this weekend. Obviously, All Out, September 5th, available on pay-per-view. And, you know, all the YouTube shows that we've been seeing, getting you ready for All Out, Dynamite, that's going to take place on Wednesday on TNT. And this story, as you said, now that it's not getting thrown together, you have this really awesome story with MJF. What really shocks me, John, about MJF is the guy is only 24 years old. I mean, he's so young, but he, he seems to really understand this business like no other heel that we've seen in a long, long time. Does it surprise you how young MJF is and how much he understands the business? Uh, I don't know if I'm surprised, but yeah, there's definitely like some guys get it and some guys don't. Some guys got it and some guys don't. And he definitely uh, gets it and definitely has got it. So it's... uh. Yeah, I'm half-ass envious of these guys because they're just like, 
we get to immediately kind of step onto the national stage like MJF and some of these younger guys and they just get to be in this really a uh, healthy fertile environment for creating ideas and learning and getting better and they're just going to keep getting better i mean this is the next generation when i'm broken down and can't go anymore which could be any day now these guys are gonna uh you know be leading the when he talks about that he's not joking like he will be one of the guys that leads this company into the future and uh you know the just the fact that AEW exists and is doing so well is so good for the business that uh you know it's it's definitely it's great to see you know so i mean i'm gonna whoop his ass but uh <laughs> you know that if, i whoop his ass you know for sure on saturday but you know uh in the future you know he will be one of the guys to, to lead the company and it's great Mox, to see you know if you do whip his ass um you're gonna have to do it without uh your finishing move uh how do you feel about this kid this 24 year old kid who's basically been around for a cup of coffee able to get your uh the paradigm shift uh banned from the match well i mean it's like i told him on wednesday it just kind of forces me to uh open up the toolbox a little and it's uh it's a new challenge and uh yeah, I mean, uh, just going to have to kind of see how it plays out, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I love doing that move. I love, you know, feeling the crack of somebody's skull on the, on the canvas. But, you know, I mean, you know, think about this. I get fined by athletic commissions for shit I do when I'm in a good mood. Yeah. So what do you think I'm going to do on Saturday? I think me <laughs> and you are the only two guys in the past year to get fined by the Baltimore Athletic Commission. It was great. Oh, 10 G is totally worth every penny. <laughs> Damn, you got me by five. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like when you look at this car, when you look at All Out that's taking place again, September 5th on pay-per-view, um, you know, you're in the main event against MJF. But like you mentioned earlier, the rest of this card is fantastic as well. And one thing that to me, I don't understand why people say it and they couldn't be more wrong is how good the women's division is right now with AEW. And when you look at Sheeta, your AEW women's champion going up against NWA women's champion Thunder Rosa. Like when you look at AEW right now, I think they they're giving you everything that a wrestling fan wants, top to bottom. And I think uh, all out on September fifth is definitely a reflection of that. Yeah, that's going to be a that'll be a killer match, uh, the, the Thunder Rosa Sheeta match, and uh, the whole card up and down. You know, it's going to be awesome. Cool thing for me is like uh, you know on the day of the show. I'm usually kind of focused on what I'm doing and uh, I kind of got to get into the right mental headspace and everything. So I'm kind of doing my own thing. Uh, I got a whole just process that I've just developed over the years that, you know, I got to get in my own headspace, but then usually like the next day, so I don't catch a lot of the show during the show, but like, it's really my favorite parts is like the next day. You're still kind of riding that high from the night before, uh, and just go back and sit down and watch the whole pay-per-view top to bottom is like one of my favorite parts of the, of the process, you know? So I look forward to like the Sunday morning, sit down and watch the whole pay-per-view, you know, once all the, once you've done your job and there's no more, uh, nothing else to worry about. You can just sit down and just watch all the, 
the whole smorgasbord of you know the women's matches and the tag team matches and all the crazy battle royal ladder matches and everything. That's one of my favorite parts. So I look forward to that. Hey, John, you've accomplished everything in the world of pro wrestling. I mean, you, you've reached the highest of highs and, and now you kind of can do what you want to do and you're having fun doing it because you truly love pro wrestling. And, and you said it the last time that you were on that you fell back in love with pro wrestling. You know, with a lot of the, I, I, from time to time, will throw on an old match of yours. Like, you know, I mentioned on the show before, like seeing you at, you know, Ace Arena in Union, New Jersey, going up against Homicide in front of like 50 people. Do you ever, do you ever go back and watch any of those moments? Are those something that you're, you could go back and watch something, a match from, say, seven or eight, nine, ten years ago? Uh, occasionally, uh, if uh, something like that pops up on the screen or whatever and my uh, like IWTV or whatever might be like oh check this out or whatever and then, then my wife will shriek in horror <laughs> like, yeah! oh my god I'm like what like uh, you know so occasionally but it's really hard because I'll go back and if I ever see anything like that I'll, be, I'll just be like man I used to have such great hair dang <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Hey, uh, John, you mentioned earlier in the conversation uh, about uh, your match with Brody Lee. Um, recently, we saw Brody Lee absolutely decimate yep. Cody, uh, destroy the TNT uh, television title. Were you shocked in any way to see uh, how bad of an ass kicking that Brody Lee gave to Cody? And what do you think is next for Cody? Uh, I thought it was. Tremendous. Uh, obviously, a huge fan of Brody Lee, uh, both personally and professionally, even though we nearly killed each other a couple of months ago. That's just business. But uh, I think it's awesome that you really never know what you're going to see on Dynamite. But we kind of thrown the traditional rule book of television wrestling kind of out the window. I mean, you'll see some, a little bit of everything, but kind of anything can happen. Anybody can show up. Um, whether it's a Thunder Rosa or an Eddie Kingston, at any moment somebody could show up. Uh, a match could last 15 minutes and go through the same same basic formula you see every TV main event for the last 10, 15 years, or it could just be a hailstorm and over in three minutes, like you saw with Brody Lee. So, really, anything can happen. You know, we really opened up the uh, opened up the possibilities, and that that's what I really. Uh, that's what I really loved about it, uh, you know, aside from, you know, just the awesome physicality of it. And, uh, God, Tara will be back, and uh, he's a guy who stays on the ball and stays motivated. So I uh, I anticipate when he comes back, uh, he would – I would still want to get that one back from Brody, which uh, won't be an easy task. So we'll see uh, We'll see what happens. We're, we're- John, with you being a former CZW guy and working uh, a more aggressive, I'd say a little bit of a snug style in the ring, is everybody comfortable uh, with that style? Do you ever have anybody saying, you know, coming back and saying, "Damn, you really, you you really whipped my ass tonight"? Uh, no, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I consider myself quite the professional. But uh, <laughs> one thing people do say it's funny because, like, a lot of these guys. A lot of times when I work with a guy for the first time or something, like, even though, like, there are guys that, that go out there and they do, like, 
that's kind of like you have different energy systems. Like the cardio for boxing is different from the cardio for wrestling is different from the cardio of a marathon runner is different from a sprinter. Right. So a lot of times like guys that are so used to doing drop down, leapfrog, hurricanes and stuff. And I wrestle them. They'll be like five minutes later. They're like, I was so blown up because I just started throwing punches. If you're not used to like just furiously throwing punches to match that pace, like, and they're like, even though they're not doing like these giant athletic things, they'll be like, damn, I got so blown up. We're just like in my face. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of funny. You know, John, uh, on, on Wednesdays, when we do the show on Wednesdays, it's myself and Tommy Dreamer. And we, when we do the show, we kind of do like, we kind of dip into the nostalgia a little bit. We kind of just become two fans talking with our fan base about pro wrestling and how we fell in love with pro wrestling. Is there one particular match that you can go back to or one particular moment where you fell in love with pro wrestling and you knew that you were going to be a fan forever? Yeah, like uh, two, like when I was a little, like my first ever tape I owned and I got from a Blockbuster was like in like a bin at Blockbuster, SummerSlam 1990. And uh, Heart Foundation wrestled Demolition in two or three falls. And they did like split a fall and then uh, they did the switcheroo with the third Demolition guy under the ring. And the Road Warriors came down and placed my bananas and we did the slingshot finish. There's one, two, three, crowd went freaking bananas. Great long tag match. Our foundation celebrating, sweating, hugging. I, I watched that match probably like a million times. Like I could, I, I remember like word for word, like the promo was beforehand. Like the whole setup set the stage the story. Like I just ingrained in my head. You know, that that's one. And then like how many years later, like 30 or 28 years, whatever year that was, 20 some years later, I actually won the tag titles of SummerSlam. So that was kind of cool, like for your little kid self, you know? I remember like our Brett and Austin, very clear memory of Brett and Austin, because like it was when he was like, a, I was a big Brett Hart fan. So he was, Steve was the bad guy, and that was where they switched. But I was like, you know, still a little kid and a Bret Hart supporter. So I was totally like on Brett's side. I'm like, why won't he leave Brett alone? He just keeps attacking him. Leave him alone, Steve. He, he won't stop attacking Brett. You know, so like he had him in a sharpshooter and then bleeding him. Of course, this is big baby face turn. He starts pushing out of that thing. I'm like, no! Hold on! And then he holds on. I'm like, oh, God, thank God. Uh, the feeling afterward of just like exhaustion, just emotional exhaustion. Just like, oh my god, that was so close. We got, uh, you know, like I, 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 that that match is just ingrained in my mind. Probably my favorite match of all time. If you ever decided to make a run at the AEW Tag Team Championships, who would you want as your partner? You know, I've I've often thought about that actually because you know, eventually, you know clear out everybody in the division, so to speak. And, you know, you can't, uh, eventually you're going to get knocked off the throne, so to speak. Like once it's kind of like, okay, we've had a good long singles run. Like I would definitely be interested in, uh, doing a tag team run, like sometime down the line in the future, because I really love, I love tag team wrestling. 
Uh, we had a match the other night with me and uh, Darby Allen against Cage and Sharks, and I hadn't had a tag match in like I think I only had one other tag match in AEW. So we're putting it together and talking about it, and I was getting excited. I was like, "Oh, I haven't been in a tag match in a while. This is this is fun. Like I love putting together tag matches because it's you have double the guys to work with, so you have double the tools to create things. So like it's it's fun. So like I would definitely like consider like finding an optimal partner and like really making a run in the tag division because also we have such a great tag division. Yep. Guys like the Young Bucks and FTR and uh Page. Not the young guys like the private parties and stuff. So we have this amazing tag division and like I want to work with those guys. I want to work with the best tag teams in the world, much as I want to work with the best singles guys in the world. So down the line one day, maybe uh maybe me and Brody could do like a Shield Wyatt super team or something. Or maybe uh, like a guy like somebody that would compliment me, you know, like a guy like Pac or, or even like a younger guy, like a Joey or a Darby, I don't know, something like that. But what, I don't know, we'll, that's way in the future. So we'll see, but I would definitely be open to that. You know, I, I did how was your, ke- I did how was your chemistry with Darby? Team, so. so what? How was your chemistry with Darby? Did you enjoy tagging with him? Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's a he's awesome, creative skateboard thumbtacks. Like, come on, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, you know, whoa, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, that whole thing—that's what's fun about AW is you can just kind of have an idea. Like that, I had that idea for everything that that whole scenario for a couple of weeks that we did between me and Darby and MJF. I had that idea. Like before the pandemic, I remember we were talking about it in the hotel after one of the shows, but then everything kind of got screwed up. And so we had to delay that. But it's like when you have just an idea in your head and you, the, the movie exactly how you picture it and then to go out and execute it. And like the picture that was in your head, you just get to put on the screen. is such a satisfying feeling. You know, that's just an example of that. I don't know what it is, but you remind me a lot of of Tommy Dreamer when I host with him on Wednesdays. I can't wait for All Out this weekend again. September 5th, John, uh, All Out. You're in the main event going up against MJF. I think everyone would agree. Everyone's going to be cheering for you when you're going up against MJF because nobody likes MJF. Everybody universally hates MJF again. All Out September 5th coming up this weekend on pay-per-view. And John, as always, truly, truly appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, we'll definitely see how effective his uh, campaign was. And maybe I'll have, you know, hundreds of thousands of supporters out there. We'll find out. And then, and then maybe one day you'll get the uh, the hole unbarred, and you can have a no holds barred match that actually means something. The hole's ever really barred, you know. I mean, exactly, that's my if whole you point. Wish it into existence, it can happen, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, John, thank you. Good luck this weekend. Good luck Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. We'll be watching live on TNT, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, All Out September 5th, available on pay-per-view. Everybody wants to see John Moxley, your AEW world champion, beat the hell out of MJF. And, again, you know what? I'll be watching. We'll be watching. We'll be talking about it. John, thanks again for the time. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, guys. 
Anytime. Take care. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.